It is, it is awesome to see the two of you. It is uh, great to be, to be here. here. Yeah, have you had fun so far? Oh yeah, I've seen so many friends and I see a lot more out here. That's, the service as well. It's absolutely crazy. That's great. Yeah, well, we're People really have gotten older though. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Everybody has stayed exactly the same. It's remarkable. None of you, it was the first <laughs> yeah. service. That was, yeah. That's right. Yeah, maybe some of you. <laughs> So this topic that we're exploring, I know, is, is a topic uh, close to your heart, oh, yeah. um, largely because you've lived it so deeply. Um, but uh, I thought maybe we'd start out today and just have each of you reflect briefly about what, what kicks up for you, what, what <laughs> happens in your head and heart as you think about the subject of transition and transformation. Uh, I'll start. It's hard. Yeah, right. <laughs> that kicks up right away. Transition is hard. Uh, some of you are living it. Some of you have lived it. Uh, the COVID experience, we've all been through some significant transitions. Yeah. Um, I, think, uh, I think it was Aaron that mentioned, um, you know, the end of summer brings school. There are parents that are becoming empty nesters or one is leaving and yeah. heading off to college out of a family. Transitions are difficult. Um, great transformation can happen out of transitions, yeah. but we have to choose to lean in mm. for that. Mm. I've seen so many people kind of do the arm crossing mm. and lean back, and what is our posture going to be when transition comes to us? That's a question that I think yeah. has to be raised. Good. I want to explore that even further with, with the two of you. Mike, yeah. what about you? Well, I think it has to do with a subject that not, not all of us like to talk about, and it, it's change. Yeah. Uh, some, some of us adapt more easily to change, others struggle with it, and then all of a sudden, uh, life has just thrown all of us a curveball. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and we don't know what to do with it. I mean, we, we look at our world with the pandemic that happened, uh, the political strife we're in, uh, all these different things that are going on, and we lost so much in the process, and all of a sudden we find ourselves in the midst of this kind of seismic change, and I'm not sure we all know what to do with that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I met some people for the first time out, they were crying. They said, we just don't know how to handle this right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I think that uh, certainly more than any time I've been alive, we have been subjected to these jolting shifts in almost everything. Uh, and you mentioned politics and the, epi the pandemic, and I even think of just how things have changed in terms of how uh, media is impacting our, our lives right now. It really, it really requires finding some kind of deeper uh, touchstones in our lives to, to, to not get cynical, not to get burned out. Um, you know, I, I do think, though, you said something in the first hour that really struck me, that there's, there's a tension between valuing continuity and what we've experienced uh, of God's goodness in, in our past yes. and staying open to the possibilities of the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, say well, more about sure. that. Well, I mean, I think about, um, you know, because so many of us can struggle with change, we're human and that's a piece of it. Um, and, and looking back, I actually just did a podcast talking about nostalgia. Mm. And, this, you know, we think of warm thoughts and nostalgia, how wonderful, but not always. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, you can look back, but you've got to turn around and look at the future as well. 
And I think of my own life and relationship with Christ Church. A neighbor invited me here back in 2001, and this was a place of great transformation for me, mm -hmm. spiritual growth and life and community. And, but, but if things had stayed exactly like they were back then in 2001, yeah. well, we wouldn't be meeting the challenge of today yeah, and right. look at what has transpired over the course of the years yes. that yeah. God has been in yeah. and been a part of. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, we, Anita, you know, as, as people think of the past, and sometimes we can idealize that mm -hmm. to a point, right. mm. uh, we live in a present uh, that uh, we're not sure what it's going to be, but unless we've dealt with all those things, uh, all the loves that we've had, all the you know, the, the downsides of our life we've had, all the suffering we've been through, we're not ever going to be uh, able to face the future the way that God really wants us yeah. to because we carry that baggage with us. Yeah. Yes. So that's got to be transformed. Yeah. yeah. And I think we transformed as we take a look at that yeah. uh, in prayer and with help to take a look at all those things that have gone awry in our life and saying, okay, maybe these need to be fixed, yeah. be healed. I like that. And, and God doesn't drag us kicking and screaming into transformation we have to be willing partners in that. We, I think that's the other thing. We, we're a part, we partner with God in transformation. Some of us have wives that drag <laughs> us. <laughs> but, yeah. Maybe, maybe true. <laughs> You're gonna transform. <laughs> All right. If it kills you, it might. Yeah, it really is She looks really nice, but boy. <laughs> I, I'm often struck by, by the balance Jesus maintains about this because you, you do see him issuing yeah. calls to step into the new. Yes. You know, he does that to the religious leaders of his time. He does it to the fishermen. Mm -hmm. He invites them to, to go on a, on a new journey with, with him. But he respects that they're going to have to choose this, That's right? right? Oh, yeah. That's right. Uh, he doesn't drag them. Right. Drag them. The other thing I, I, I was struck by was just thinking uh, of Reggie McNeil, a, a wonderful uh, a Christian pastor and, and leader who spoke at our church some years ago, and he said um, that, that there's a great call in Scripture to, to remember and reflect, to look yeah. back on all of, the, of what God has done and the good that he's done in the past. Um, and, as, and then sometimes even to look at the hard oh, stuff, like you were saying, Mike, uh, to, to yeah. grieve it, to, yeah, to name it, yeah. to, to work with it. But he says you can never forget that God is always coming from the future. Yes. He doesn't live in the past. Yes. He, he's out there in the future calling us into the, into the possible. Uh, yeah. It's an important tension to hold. Well, and that tension, I know he didn't go over as well as we had hoped in some segments of our church population at that time. Oh, yeah. He, also, he said, you can't go forward if you remain a country club. Yeah. It was something like that. Yeah, he was. He was challenging us. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you could just see some people go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to write a letter to Dan. <laughs> How dare he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, as you, as you both have said, it, 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 it's a stretch to move into the future. It really is. And it requires some letting go as well as some reaching for, for new possibility. It needs to become a habit. Yeah. You know, you've got to have yeah. knowledge, desires, skills yeah. to create a habit. And yeah. uh, that's part of what I think this transformation po process is is when change comes, we've got to take a look at the habits of our life. Is what we've been doing enough to get us to where we really need to go? Yeah, that's, that's helpful. I know that the two of you, um, you know, went through a massive cha 
change and transition when you left yeah. this place and moved down, down to Florida. At the, at the outset, I think there had to have been incredibly excited thoughts and feelings about this new adventure you were going on. How did it turn out? <laughs> well, what's that whole experience been like we're, for you? We're still married. <laughs> oh, man. You know, um, I think often we do uh, step into something that, that we think is going to be a new adventure with great hopes yeah. and dreams. And, and it maybe initially wasn't quite that way. I think, you know, we have a community pool, and I'll never forget one of our very first days at the community pool, meeting people, and a, a gentleman there came up to Mike and asked, you know, where he was from, and th this little anecdote well, kind of lets you know. I said I was from Chicago, and it was like, oh, finally. <laughs> and he just lit into me, this guy. I mean, he just lit into me, and he said, I, I can't say his exact words, because this is a church, but you can <laughs> feel it. What the blank are those blankety-blank folks on the west side, south side of Chicago doing, and why are they all cheerleading when kids are getting killed and whatnot? Uh, he says, when, when, are, when are those, said the bad word, uh, uh, people ever going to get their life together? And I went, wow, welcome to Florida. <laughs> yeah. I, I was backing away. <laughs> and Mike was leaning in, thankfully. Well, <laughs> yes, you were, you were like doing a backstroke, <laughs> I mean, in record time, <laughs> away. And I asked you immediately, I said, is it too late to move back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But all of a sudden, we found the community that we had moved into uh, was represented uh, far too well by what his, this man's sentiments were. And we realized, oh, we're up against something that we haven't had to fate, uh, face with this kind of uh, harshness before. Before. Yeah. yeah. And so I remember just saying to him, hey, yes, I'm from Chicago. You need to know I know people on the west side and south side. They're not jumping for joy that people are getting killed. I know people right at this moment that are in meetings, are trying to fix what's broken in those communities. You can never use that word to describe them again. And if you're willing to do that, I'd be willing to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Big, big shifts. I mean, you're going from the northern culture to the, to the southern culture. Yeah. You're, you're going from a known church to a, uh, finding a new church. Yeah. What, what, what are some of the other big changes that you experienced during that time? Well, the church thing was... The chur church was a, was a big shift. You know, I think whenever we make um, major shifts, and uh, especially like a geographical move, right, uh, often we make it going to a new job or our kids are going to a new school and we have points of contact to pull us into the community. You know, we're, we're at a new job, so we have a built-in community there. Our kids are at school, mm. so we meet other parents. We weren't moving for any of that, and that's what... Uh, some here already are aware of when you move into a semi-retirement or retirement scenario, you don't have something you're moving for necessarily. Yeah. So finding our space and wondering, will my gifts be needed here? Can I find a church that, uh, ha that, that is opening their arms to what maybe we bring or maybe, <laughs> maybe we aren't 
all that something anymore. Well, we, 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 we were still something, but, we, <laughs> we, but nobody would believe us. <laughs> well, you, you have a great phrase. I remember, yeah, I remember saying to somebody, just out of frustration after a while, there was somebody I was getting to, I said, you don't realize it, but we used to be somebody. <laughs> Some would say that was ego. I would say it was desperation uh, uh, going with ego. And you try to find these connecting points. You know, you find somebody from Chicago. Oh, we were at Christchurch of Oak Brook. No, never heard of it. I met Presbyterian ministers. I went to seminary just about the same time John, uh, Dan. Dan did and John Klingelhofer. And I said, did you ever know John Klingelhofer, who was a former pastor here? No. Well, I think he was at seminary when you were there. Uh, don't remember that name. You must know Dan Meyer. Nope. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> and I was going, God, what are you doing? You're taking everything away from me. Because, you know, the good way to find, uh, start a conversation is finding common ground. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I said, I, uh, but I defended you. I said, well, both John <laughs> and Dan pro probably in the library most of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, not you. Yeah. Of various kinds. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll yeah. go with that. But so, so, the, so trying to find the context of, of, of our life. Who were we going to be down there? Who were, who were we authentically? And how could, and all these things, you know, kidding about ego and everything else. We're really calls to action and contemplation and prayer for us because we had to come to grips with who we really were. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's a theme that I'm guessing tons of people in this circle uh, are dealing with right now. That, you know, you mentioned, you know, what do you do when you're no longer um, caring for the little ones at home or, or when you go through the empty nest season or when you go off to a college and, and nobody knows your story and some of that's... It's a good opportunity, but it's also a loss experience. Or when the older parent or the spouse yeah. passes away. I mean, there's, these are big identity definition moments for us, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. um, COVID created for a lot of people, oh, my gosh. you know, this sort of tearing away from the familiar and, and a struggle to figure out who am I in the midst of all this. What was that experience like for you? You went through it. Yeah. In, we, sure. I know... We idealized that maybe Florida didn't have to deal with COVID at all, but I know it had an impact there. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, yes, some of that is a lie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, how, how, did, how did that experience uh, transform or reshape you, mm -hmm. you two? What did you turn to? Well, I think one of the things that I realized is I don't think we deal well with loss mm -hmm. um, in our country and even in churches. I think, I think that that is improving and shifting and changing. Um, mm -hmm. But we have been through significant loss. Uh, you might even put, add the trauma word to that, yeah. you know. Uh, some trauma has definitely taken place when you look at the racial landscape, uh, the health care landscape as well with COVID. Um, and, you know, I, uh, I think it's transformed for me the way I engaged in my relationship with God. I mean, mm. I, I realized, wow, I need to do some shifting here personally. Some things have been stripped away. Uh, even physically, some things were stripped away. I felt very invincible moving to Florida thinking this is an amazing, new, wonderful life. And then I had some major physical challenges and I had to make some decisions and I had to look at myself and think, okay, what is my 
spiritual formation, what does that look like? Am I shallowly formed or am I deeply formed? Mm. And what am I going to do moving forward? What will that life, what will my life in Christ look like moving forward? So were there particular practices that you undertook that helped you get clearer about your identity in this new season? For sure, for sure. Give us an example. Well, I mean, one, one thing I'll say, I, I've been in spiritual direction. I've had a spiritual director for many years, and that was significant to have someone to process my what life it, with. What does a spiritual director do? So a spiritual director is someone who listens to your life and helps you see where God is at work. You know, our own lives, sometimes we're so close to it, right? that we can't even see where God is at work and how God is at work. And a spiritual director will sometimes pose some very specific Holy Spirit-directed questions that maybe we hadn't thought about, things, that, ways and places that we need to dig deeper in mm. our life. Mm. And so my spiritual director was extremely instrumental in my own spiritual walk. And then Mike and I are both spiritual directors and have had the privilege of companioning. It's a companion on the spiritual journey. We've had the privilege of companioning others. Mm. That's one practice. Yep. Um, another for me, I grew up a pastor's kid, Christian ministry, oh. lifelong kind of, you know, in the church. And I, I think some practices that were a part of my life had gotten stale for me. And I think that happens sometimes. Oh, and yeah. I leaned into some newer practices. Lexio Divina was one of them. I love the practice of Lexio. It brought me back to scripture in a fresh way. And Lexio Divina, another word is simply just devotional reading, focusing in on, you know, two to 10 verses and not looking at those verses and thinking of gaining knowledge about God but gaining and deepening relationship with God. I really grew up in a stream of the church that it was all about knowledge, very knowledge-based. Yeah. And there's, there's some good to that, mm -hmm. right? I feel mm -hmm. like I have a lot of scripture here and I have a lot of knowledge. But finally, to, to move closer and to develop a deeper relationship with God, mm. scripture started coming alive in that way through the practice of Lexio Divina. So you're listening to scripture repetitively and mm -hmm. then just seeing what God seems to lift to the surface L for lift you? Us, what elevates as I hear this passage? You know, I, I think of what Dan read this morning from Ecclesiastes. Maybe they're one of those phrases. Maybe that's a familiar passage. A lot of oh. us have heard that. Ecclesiastes 3. Yeah. yeah. For everything, there's a season, and we know some of those phrases, but maybe one of them jumped out at you mm. this morning. Maybe you will take that phrase, word or phrase, as bread for your journey over the, this coming week and think about that every day, and maybe you'll, you'll think, what is God inviting me into because I heard this word or phrase, the Holy Spirit spoke that word or phrase to me. That's really what Lexio is. That's what, you know, 1,500 years ago, people didn't have scripture. Well, they were illiterate, so they couldn't read it even if they had a copy. So they would hear the scripture read in a setting like this, and, and they would hear that word or phrase that elevated for them, and they would carry it with them for a week and come back the next week and get a new word or phrase from yeah. scripture. Yeah. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Mike, any practices that became more important to you during this season? Well, I, I, I journal a lot yeah. and I continue to do that. Uh, we are both avid readers. Uh, 
and uh, so read a lot. Um, I tried to, I think what we tried to use is whatever was at our disposal at the time. So this became my friend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I joined an interracial book club <laughs> uh, where we, re we read uh, uh, one book about uh, race, and it really is interracial. I mean, it's just half and half, black, white. And talk about that. That was important for a sense of community. Mm -hmm. we did, for the first time in two years, we were able to have a dinner together just a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, uh, That was really nice. Uh, we got involved in what our ch church was doing. Uh, we, we had some conversations about important topics in the news. Yep. Uh, periodically, we were involved with that. I was part of the team and helping to facilitate all of that. So we began to... And, and then uh, we, we have a go-to thing that we do every morning, our own Lectio called Pray As You Go. Pray, Pray As You yeah. Go is an app, and uh, it's on the card that you'll be given on the way out, and uh, it's listening to some uh, Jesuits from Ireland uh, just do the Lectio Divina, and they walk you through it. Love it. Yes, it's, it's beautiful. And, and the beautiful thing about the Irish or the English, even if they are, are spouting nonsense, it sounds smart. It does, always does. <laughs> They're 10 points ahead, usually, just having that accent. That's right. So, you know, you go, oh, this, this is good. So, so we've done a variety of things like that, that, you know, Adele Calhoun yeah. has written a book about spiritual disciplines. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. she has 268 and counting yeah, things. Yeah, former pastor of our church, mm -hmm. uh, fabulous book, Spiritual Disciplines Handbook. Mm -hmm. So we pr I guess we tried to do is practice what we were preaching. Yeah. And then as a result of that, uh, uh, we began to get a lot more spiritual direction clients. Yeah. Yeah. I think at one time between the two of us, we were, we were meeting with 50 people a month. Wow. Which was very interesting. Many of them, many of them very actively involved in their church, many of whom were pastors mm -hmm. that were all messed up. Yeah. And they're just saying, well, somebody help me listen to my soul. You know, that, that whatever God is trying to say within us. And that proved to be tremendously gratifying helping them. Yeah. Well, and you talked uh, to them, and I hear, hear you often talk about Richard Rohr's order, disorder, reorder, which yeah. I love. Yeah. I mean, I think we discovered along the way that... Uh, you know, I, I remember giving a sermon here once upon a time, and, and uh, the tag on it was, uh, God is always up to something. And then when we say that and realize that, then we have to ask a question. And the question is, I wonder what he's up to now. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. In the midst of COVID, in the midst of our political strife, the social upheaval, what is God doing in the midst of that, and what does it have? What does it have to do with me? Yeah. So Richard Rohr <coughs> is a Franciscan friar. And he, he <coughs> submits that, that all of creation, and that includes us, follows this particular order. <coughs> our lives, our earth goes from order to disorder to reorder. Order, disorder, reorder. And I think one of the interesting things about that is it sounds a little scary, and when we're in that place of disorder, it can feel scary. That's a lot of times when people come to spiritual direction. 
Um, but the reality is that it's the natural cycle of life. And really, if, it's, if we're not thinking that way, order, disorder, reorder, we might not be growing. It's a part of the growth process. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we, that, it's those various times that absolutely. Ecclesiastes yeah. talks about. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something that we embrace. Yeah. I mean, we saw it all the time. I used to do divorce recovery program here. Yeah. yeah. And the order of people's lives mm -hmm. became greatly disordered. Yes. And then they had to work it through to reorder their life again. Yeah. And then normalcy came in a whole other way but disorder enters always, and we have to do that process all the time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we look at that as the enemy, and we get that false nostalgia about mm -hmm. what America, what used to be, for instance, or what our lives used to be like. And then we got to stop ourselves and say, this is part of the natural process that God put in motion. Mm -hmm. The order of my life has gone into disorder. There's a great opportunity here to grow if I allow it. Or there's just a great opportunity to stay in a disordered state. How many of you know somebody that has not has stayed in a disordered state through stayed all this? Stayed stuck. Stayed yeah. stuck. Do you know anybody? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to point I've to that person? There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could start some fights right now. I mean, you, uh, you could do, do yeah. that. You can do that. Nobody's looking but us three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but 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 that's part of it. But that's part of you know. If we're going to get to this, maybe. But what a church has to do, we we have to we have to put people sometimes help people get to that disordered state. Yeah. And everybody hates that, right? Right. You know, if I said, hey, today we were all going to change a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> yeah. You don't know my powers of resistance. We are not going to change a lot. I promise you we won't. Uh, we won't. But sometimes that's what we have to do as a community of faith is we have to ask the questions, make the comments, probe the issues that we don't want to deal with, and then teach each other how we can do it in a sane, caring way. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Boy, that, I, that feels like so much the, the role of the church, especially today when people are, when, when we're so polarized as a society, is we have to create that circle of civility and care and compassion where we still dare to ask the thoughtful yeah. questions that Jesus provokes, right? Because Jesus obviously... Greatest. Didn't always make people comfortable. No, he did you know, not. He, I mean, they crucified him, right? <laughs> they crucified him. But, but he, he did it in a way that was trying to help mm -hmm. uh, all of us move towards greater a life. A oh, provocative yeah. question hey, asker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. was kinda, Jesus was kind of sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, he would come. Yeah. These guys would say, hey, what are you doing? He says, oh, come and see. You know, <laughs> yeah. come with come me. Come and Why see. Go a little walk with me. Yeah. yeah. And their lives got thrown upside down and yeah. sideways. Yeah. And then yeah. he tried to help them put it back together again. Yeah. But that disorder created the movement for the church to, to come into being that allows us to be in this place. That's a good word. I know that there are many of us that are in some time of flux, some place of flux and transition mm -hmm. right now. And given time being short, if you had to give kind of one word of encouragement or challenge to people as they look for God's transforming power in the midst of those transitions. Is there a particular seed you'd want to make sure you're throwing out there? 
I, uh, there's a seed I want to toss out, yeah. and that is get in community or get back in community. I think a lot of people nationwide, worldwide, are just coming back even to church. Find that community again. Develop that community if you don't have one. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's a little scary, you know, ask someone to go out for coffee, get involved in the marvelous ministry here, Rooted. Uh, mm. I mean, I highly encourage you to, to do that. This is what, the last week to sign up? Yep, it is, oh, timely. Yep. It, it, it's such an important thing to do. We were created for community, right? You've got the Trinity, the first community. It's modeled for us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm. We are created for it, and so that's my big seed. Good word. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think, I think for me, is, uh, I wish we could see uh, Jesus uh, for who he is. Uh, there's a Japanese um, theologian named Kosumi Koyama, let me see if I got this right, Kozuki Koyama, uh, Rich Lotus from New Life Church, uh, which was the beginning place for emotionally healthy spirituality. Has this vision of Jesus, what he always wants to say to us. And I believe this is what we have to be saying to each other. He says at the very end of it all, he says, when we meet Jesus, he, he, he's convinced this theologian that he's gonna say something like this to us. You've had a difficult journey, haven't you? You must be tired. You must be dirty. I want to wash your feet. Please allow me to do that. Because the banquet is ready for you. Hmm. And that just, that just goes to the center of my heart. Yeah, because the truth is, there's been parts of my life been very difficult. I have felt tired. And I have felt dirty. I have felt like I and belonged. And Jesus is saying, I love you, you know? Yeah. Let me wash your feet. Mm. There's room for you at my table. Yeah. What if we could accept that in? Mm. And then be Jesus to others in such a way that would allow them to come and get cleaned up. And we don't have the great banquet that's going to be in heaven quite yet, but yeah. boy, we can have yeah. a taste of it Amen. here if we allow ourselves to do that. Amen. Well, you two have given us a little bit of an appetizer of that today. Thank you so much yeah. uh, for making the journey back here. Um, <laughs> I, um, I want you to know we, we, we remember you, think of you, give thanks for you, pray for you. Look forward to seeing you come, come you. again. <laughs> Um, I know that you're going to be out in the atrium in just a moment. Yeah. You have a resource. Can you say a little yeah. bit about that? Sure. Uh, on I the way close? out, grab one of these cards. It's a resource list, some books that have been extremely meaningful to us uh, that we've maybe taught small groups of. And um, the website for Faith Conversations podcast and for the Lexio uh, podcast that Mike talked about. Just a great resource. It might be a starting point. If you're just moving back toward um, faith, moving back toward church, um, this might be really helpful for you, so grab a copy. Yeah, 
and if you're interested in spiritual formation kind of things, you've got a great resource, Eric Haskins here. Absolutely. Yep. And what he's doing, there's some great spiritual directors here. Yes. We can help you with that uh, too. Mm -hmm. It's all fa you know, family kind of thing. So there's a lot of places where yes. you can dive in and say, yeah, I just really if need they go, to have if somebody. If they go to anitaillustria.com, they can ask about spiritual direction yeah. resources yeah. too. Yeah. Good, okay. Well, let me pray for you too and for all of us, and then I'm going to uh, close us and let us be on our way. Let's bow our heads together. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you are the great constant amidst the shifting times and tides of our world. Thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And because you are that, because you are so dependable, because your love is everlasting, uh, we're grateful that we can change, that we can repent, renew, redeem, resurrect, uh, find, find new life, step into the future that you have for us, where you are already waiting for us. So give us the courage we need to, 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 to face our past, to reflect upon the, your presence in it, and then to reach out for your hand and the hand of, of a community uh, in the present, that we might walk uh, into that, that good future. So go with us, we pray. Grant us your peace in our going. Enable us, Lord, to be agents of your love and your reconciling power everywhere we go. For we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.